0: Welcome to Let's Talk Community, a podcast full of interesting stories about communities and the people who build and manage them. Our aim is to give you easy-to-implement practical advice instead of complicated theories. I am Denise Henkel, your host for this podcast, experienced community manager and inexperienced business founder. Today's topic is about something that often gets neglected in everyday community management life – self-care. I spoke with two community managers about why this topic should have a much higher priority. This episode is full of practical advice. Enjoy! Good morning. I am here with Serena and Jamie, and we are going to talk about self-care, because there's going to be Community Manager Advancement Day on January 27th. But before we talk, I will give you a chance to quickly introduce yourselves. Uh, Maybe Serena, you want to start?
1: Thanks, Denise. Uh, I'm Serena Snowd. I'm the online community manager for Alzheimer's Society. We're a non-profit in the UK. My job is to oversee a peer support service for people affected by dementia.
2: Hi, I'm Jamie Johnston. Um, so I um, I look after the community for Tesco Bank. Um, and I've worked in uh, the community sector now for, for getting on for a number of years. Um, and I also organise meetups for community managers in Scotland.
0: Very cool. I am Denise. The last community I managed was an online dating communities. In my experience, when I was managing a community team, I oftentimes had to force my community managers to take, to take time off and care for themselves. And which of course they didn't do. And then in the end, they had to call in sick and take time off. And then that's the point where they would realize that looking out for yourself is not a selfish act. But really, everyone and myself included had to learn it the hard way. So today, with the two of you, I want to talk about our experiences with stress and self-care. We will we are going to look at what causes community professionals stress. Then we're going to look at the consequences of too much stress. And then in the end, we want to look at what can we do when we are stressed and what can we do to prevent being stressed? So let's first touch on what are the reasons why the community job is demanding and the challenges it brings. Maybe, um, Serena, you want to talk about this topic for a bit. In, in your experience, what are the reasons for community managers being
1: stressed? Thanks, Denise. I think for me, there's, there's a number of different factors that we, we're, we're facing when we're running an online space, when we're dealing with user-generated content when we're dealing with bringing people together, whether that's online or whether that's offline. um, And there's something about the specific role that a community manager has, where a lot of the time um, community management is about managing the interests and the needs of a lot of people and also managing the interests and the needs of an organization. And so you're um, balancing both of those needs And there's lots of demands, I think, broadly that can come with that work. So if you're dealing with conflict, if you're dealing with crisis management, reputational management, if you're dealing with complaints, um, you're dealing with lots of demands on your time, lots of demands on your energy. um, And then you have to kind of think about the other aspect of community around how much support or buy-in or understanding that you might have. So broadly, I think you're already looking at quite a lot of issues that might happen. Mm. Yeah,
0: I I can see that. Like When you talked about um, managing the interests of people in the community and managing the interests of an organization, this has caused me so much stress because the the community thinks you're the bad guy because you stand for the company that they're upset with and your company uh, kind of... Yeah, they they might look into the community, take a look at what people are talking about and see that people are upset and maybe even insult the company. And then, of course, it's your Mm. responsibility to to deal with this. And you're like part of this problem.
2: Yes. Yeah, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head because you do end up, in the middle like i think you know f- for us w- with the bank people like the idea of the community and then once mm. actually the conversations are kind of laid bare they're like oh i don't really like the look of that that's actually what people are saying or that's actually how they're feeling um, mm. and as a community manager you know it is your role to to channel what the community is saying um and try and get some traction on that with with people internally um and that can be really difficult to do. But you've got all of this pressure from, from people within the community to, to see change or get a proper answer. And I certainly experienced that at, at the bank for quite a while where the comms, the, the sort of communication strategy was definitely to not be that transparent and to, to give more of a kind of corporate line in response. But I knew that that was never going to sit well. With anyone, and it was almost better to not give that line than to mm-hmm. use it. um So I think you do. You you can end up quite isolated and and right as you say in the middle of of quite a, a nasty sandwich at times.
1: Absolutely. If you think about the type of content you might then get on the community as well. So if you think um, if there's conflict between members, or if there's a conflict um, with the member, or if you get an issue around kind of mental health. Um or or some sort of issue. I think that can that's where things can get really complicated as well.
0: And another aspect I think uh is also um variety of tasks that you have to do as a community manager and your own time management. Yeah, you have to you have to reply to questions, um, you have to uh create content, you have to report back to your organization, um, you have to come up with a strategy on what to do. Um, There's so many different tasks that need to be taken care of and many of them, you don't know how long it's going to take. Like when you uh, receive um, a customer support inquiry and you open it, then you you don't know that this is going to take 45 minutes to to reply to. Yes,
2: and I, I think also for, you know, community managers, it's generally online, obviously. So there's a bit of, um, you know, uh, always on kind of mentality where, even though yes, you have work hours and things, I think for a lot of community managers, it probably bleeds on into the evenings. Potentially as well, because you can do it from your phone. It completely depends, obviously, on your setup and things. But but I think that the boundaries um, aren't quite as clear necessarily for for people that are working in an online space like that, in an online forum kind of space. Mm. Um, you know, time management, like you say, becomes quite difficult. It completely depends, obviously, on your, your setup within your organization. You know, do you have a big team around you or actually, and as we all know, traditionally, Community managers are quite often a team of one or two. And yes, they have to do a lot of different things. Um, Whereas if you've got a slightly bigger team around you, then perhaps the time management becomes um, a bit easier, easier to handle. But I've definitely seen a lot of um, community managers who are hands on and moderating and dealing with discussions where it carries on you know it's like they're quite happy to do stuff in the evenings or the weekends even though you're maybe saying actually you you need to draw a line and and take some time back for yourself
0: yeah absolutely that's what I was referring to uh, in the beginning when I said you know um, taking care of yourself is not a selfish act the the arguments of uh, my employees were well if I take time off for myself, if I don't look after the community uh, in the evenings or if I don't stay longer to reply to of those questions, then I'm not doing a good service to the community. But I think if you're not healthy and at the top of your game, then you're also not doing the community good service. So it really is important to look out for yourself.
1: I'd absolutely agree with that, Denise. Um... I'd also add um, around how much duty of care you have on your community as well. So um, if you're working in a non-profit, for example, like I am, um, you may have a duty of care towards people who are vulnerable, who may be using your community, and there's an element of that additional pressure or responsibility mm. that can come. And actually, there's a real business impact. In fact, there's a business impact for all community managers around self-care, and there's a real business value there of taking care, care of yourself and and remaining well um, but particularly when you're dealing with emotional support there's a real kind of tangible value mm. of being well and being able to continue to deliver that support
2: yeah and you know within within the uk certainly and I'm just talking from this perspective you know I think mental health awareness has has increased massively you know you've got lots of sports stars and and pop stars and stuff you know who are talking about their own mental health challenges um so a lot more awareness you know we've we've had mental health training as a as an opportunity within the organization um and it's it's talked about a lot more um which means that people are starting to recognize um the importance of looking after yourself and then as Serena says you know the impact um of of, um of not looking after yourself can can be massive for the individual but then if you are a community manager and this you know for us as a bank very risk averse very worried about someone doing or saying something you know in a in a public online space which we you know um regret so if someone is not in the best um mental headspace um then that's more likely to happen, right? Either you react the wrong way or you perhaps say something you wouldn't normally say or or, or you're not able to handle the pressure like you normally would. So mm. for for organizations and for employers, um, it's in their best interest, obviously, to make sure that, that people's mental well-being is, is being considered because the risks actually are are quite severe for the individual, but then for the wider community if if it plays out in public.
0: Yeah. I think we all agree on it's important to look after yourself. So let's move on to how do we even recognize that we are not being our best selves? Like doing some sort of self-assessment, figuring out whether you're stressed or not, or also knowing yourself better in terms of what causes myself stress. Let's maybe talk about that for a bit um, Serena, you shared a really lovely list of stress symptoms. Well, I shouldn't call it lovely <laughs> because mm. these, systems aren't, uh, these symptoms aren't nice. Let's talk about these different symptoms for a bit.
1: Thanks, Denise. Yeah, um, I think it's really important to recognize the difference between um, challenges, stress and burnout so as community managers it's important to recognize the three you're always going to have challenges as part of any job but particularly with community management Um, stress is generally the way your body and your mind is dealing with challenges um, and particularly kind of heightened challenges so that seems to be Uh, quite a lot around kind of how you deal with the competing demands on your energy and um, particularly things that might be traumatic as well. Mm. Uh, And burnout, I think is that what we tend to see when we have sustained stress or sustained um, kind of like poor self-management. So it can be either of those things. Mm. Um, Thinking about stress, um, there are a few excellent places you can go and and research more widely about this. One um, that we were looking at was the, the Mayo Clinic and have um, excellent quality health information mm. and they have quite a lot of information around you know how you might risk re- how you might react to stress um and, and kind of things to think about so i think understanding yourself broadly is a really good idea for any of us um but just to think about when i'm at work when i'm dealing with an issue how am i handling it um, when a difficult situation or a stressful situation happens what sort of reactions am I having? Um, I think it's healthy for us to recognise that we are going to have a reaction to stress, that it's normal, it's human to have a reaction. But it's more about what the harmful reactions might be Mm. So some of the things are listed here around pain and overeating, anger, crying, depression, negativity, or maybe becoming dependent on something. Mm. So I think that's a really good place for us to start in terms of thinking about how are we reacting um, to stress.
0: I looked at this list and yeah, I was a bit shocked that I've experienced each of these symptoms in my life. So we've got pain that you may unconsciously clench your jaws or fists and then you get a muscle tension. And I definitely have that. And it was so bad at one point that it went down from my jaw into my arms and and I couldn't move my right arm anymore. Then overeating. I'm really good with overeating. So I remember eating many, many hot dogs. Oh, no, it wasn't hot dogs. It was hamburgers and stuff, fast food. Uh, when I was really stressed out, and then I gained weight, and then I felt even worse, anger is another symptom I've experienced before, and mm-hmm. I've even had depression in the past when I felt very lonely and isolated and started smoking. I'm not a smoker, so I just mm-hmm. I, I think do you want to share like the symptoms that you've experienced when you were stressed
2: yeah, um Yeah, I think um, similarly, I think I've probably, you know, experienced all of those to some degree, Um, certainly overeating. So I've got a really sweet tooth and that's like my go to thing um, would just be to to binge. I think negativity is quite an obvious one. What I'm aware of, you know, what I can know about myself is um, when I'm well and when I'm coping with things and I feel good about myself that situations where you might be negative at other times you're not so maybe that's somebody who at work who generally does cause you stress or you find difficult to handle Mm. when you're well actually you don't have the same problem it's almost like you're able to kind of rise above it um so I can uh, there's like a physical thing for me that happens where I'm almost like I'm smiling, like I'm I'm able to sort of take whatever it is that they're doing and sort of rise above it. Um, And I'm able to think clearly, I guess, about what they're actually saying versus how they're making me feel. Whereas when you're not in a good place, you find it difficult to move past this sort of instinctive, emotive reactions to, to situations. So maybe if someone's being difficult or they're maybe not listening to you properly, you know, you can respond quite negatively to those things. So that's quite a good indicator for me um, is mm-hmm. how I'm able to, to handle those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm more aware, I guess, of, of where I'm at and if i know that if i'm really being self aware and i'm aware that i'm being negative then i've you know i'm a sort of aware of these triggers then i can i'm able to give myself some um some pointers which i've sort of thought about which is you know take yourself out of the situation think about something really nice. Um, I've had some good tips from from people around that, but the, the tips were around sort of owning your own space, um, thinking about something that makes you really happy, which for me is like my my youngest daughter, who's just kind of at that age where um, everything's just super cute and, and super hilarious. Um, so, you know, thinking about her in those situations allows me to kind of put a smile back on my face and, and kind of get out of the situation that I'm in um but yeah i would say that i've probably ticked all of those all of those um symptoms at one time or another
0: mm. serena can you remember any any situations where you had one of these symptoms
1: yeah I, I was just nodding along with quite a lot of what has been said because i have had yeah similar reactions Um, pretty much all of the list as well at different times. Mm. Um, I think a fair amount of this can be psychosomatic so when you get pain or when you get illnesses for example Mm. um, we were we've been talking about well-being in this organization recently at Alzheimer's Society um, and one thing that people were explaining were um, that stress anxiety depression can actually impact on physical health and when somebody maybe is signed off with a cold or they've got a persistent illness that can't go it can be sign of a weakened immune system which can actually be caused by the stress Mm. um, anxiety or depression so actually these things can kind of impact on each other um, and I think. I've had periods of back pain in the past. It's a persistent issue. It kind of keeps coming back. And there's a fair amount of research that indicates that back pain could be psychological. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting that the way you carry yourself or what you're dealing with, you know, has some sort of kind of physical impact. Um, And I think, yeah, generally around eating and, you know, you're trying to compensate in some way in terms of energy or in terms of kind of mood and of course, you might be kind of reaching for things that seem to have like a short term impact. Um, but actually, kind of in the long term, definitely been the case for me and with fried potato products. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love a potato. Um, but yeah, I think generally thinking about the whole area around addiction or habit.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think times when I mean, I haven't had too much of that thankfully but times where perhaps I thought am I having one too many glasses of wine or Mm. you know have I kind of decided that I'm binging Netflix and is this useful behavior so sometimes I've kind of caught myself doing something and and you get that are you sure message pop up at Netflix and it says are you sure you still want to are you still watching are you still here sort of message and there's me thinking I'm kind of laying on my bed binging something so
0: yeah, I think that message appears after you've watched three or five episodes in a row. And, uh, yeah, I, and that's not on the list on this website. I think in the future, I can very well imagine that they, they add that one and say, yeah, binge watching Netflix. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And, and, being, and obviously. Being online and social media in general, um, you know, we're we're all obviously active in that space, and it's it is important for for the work we do and the network that, that we're part of. Um, and there's a bit of pressure there, you know, to sort of be active. So it's difficult to you know to do all of that, but also exercise control, basically, because you you kind of want to put the screen down when you're done with work, but actually. We need to do all this networking, and we need to keep in touch with people and um, that are working in different sectors and things. So, I think social and, and being online and the pressures that that brings, as we we're, we're all learning about now, um, and mm. the sort of w- the way that you project yourself on on Instagram or Facebook or or Twitter, it's is adding another layer of complexity to our sense of self.
0: Yeah. What's also helpful, and that brings me to my next point, uh, is how, like, one thing is to know, okay, I'm I'm stressed, like I'm showing one of these symptoms or many of them. Um, what caused me this stress? So to be aware of what triggers stress for you, because it might be different things. We we talked about the different situations that you might may find yourself in that m- might cause you stress. Like in my example, I'm, I'm not very good with all the legal topics. So when I receive um, messages from users who would say something like, I will sue you uh, or threaten me with some legal consequences and start talking in legal terms that I didn't understand, I realized like how my, my um, heart rate increased and I would start to panic like, Oh my God, I don't know what they're talking about. And what if they can sue me? And you no, know, because I don't know anything about legal stuff. So that's one of the triggers that I have. Yeah. So let's talk about the triggers that things that might trigger stress and what people can do to be more self aware and to recognize those triggers. Serena, so, do you have something to add to this topic?
1: absolutely yeah it's interesting what you were saying Denise about kind of what triggers me generally things where I feel out of control or I'm feeling some sort of threat so if you've got a, a lot a, a huge issue happening on your community and you're you're not able to deal with it as quickly as you'd like to or you're feeling that you've not got all the resources that you need um, to deal with it so on occasion we might get a reputational issue in this organization for example and it's how quickly people get back to you with the information in order for you to then resolve that issue mm. uh, or perhaps there's a potential issue that could happen. Uh, Maybe there's a particular topic that people might discuss um, for example politics on we need to change our moderation position Mm. on politics so I'm currently consulting everybody on what their views are um, but that's become quite a stressful issue for us Mm. around what can people say around politics and how are we going to moderate it going forward so um, hopefully I'll have some answers soon but there's just that sense of whilst you're in a a kind of no man's land and you're not quite sure what the I think for me that's very stressful
0: yeah totally understandable (laughs) Yeah, Jamie, do you have anything specific that causes you stress or some sort of trigger? It might not even have anything to do with your job. Maybe like in your private life, you also know, OK, if, if this happens, then I'm completely stressed out.
2: Yeah, I think um, so. I'm, I'm definitely naturally more of an introvert. Like I'm, I'm very social and everything, but I don't, it's, you know. Sort of getting into big social situations and all the rest of it isn't like my go-to thing. Mm. Um, so when I run, you know, the the CMX Connect events in Scotland, that's probably one thing that always stresses me out as I go through it. So when I think about it in in the round, and I take a step back from it, and the event isn't soon, then I'm like, yeah, this is something I need to do. It's important. There's loads of re- loads of good reasons why I should do it. And then to the event, I can feel the stress levels coming in. And as I said, I'm I'm reasonably self-aware. And so there's times as it gets close to the event, and this happened last time, where I've literally, I can hear myself in my head start to question myself, you know, like, why are you doing it? Like, Um. it's going to be a nightmare. Nobody's going to come, or the people that do come are going to think it's a waste of time, you know, and you, you suddenly just giving yourself all these reasons why you shouldn't do it or why it's why it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. So that's quite an obvious trigger for me. And I guess the events, I'm doing that myself. So there's, there's quite a lot of pressure on doing everything and making it work. And then at work in the day to day, yeah, it'd probably be a similar situation where maybe you're you've organized something And actually it's something you do all the time. That just could be a big meeting or a workshop or something like that. Mm. And again, you're, you do it without thinking in terms of, yeah, we need to do that. And I know why we're doing it. And then actually when it comes to the day and, you know, um, people are going to be arriving soon, suddenly the stress levels go through where you, you say the same things. You're like, Oh, why am I doing this? Maybe we should just skip it, Mm. you know, and and, and sort of any excuse to avoid it.
0: Mm.
2: So that's, that's definitely an obvious one for me. Um, And I can, I guess I've done it enough now that I can recognize those triggers. Like I've caught myself, you know, talking myself down and then I'm like, oh, hang on, it'll be okay, you know. Um, And I know we'll get on to sort of how can you cope and and deal with it. Um, But that's definitely a big, a big trigger for me.
0: Yeah, that's a really good example. I I know how you feel. (laughs) So, um, yeah, then let's move on to something more pleasant and look at what can we do when we feel stressed out. Um Serena, uh, you have collected some advice and you've also done um, at the CMX summit last year, you've done the birds of a feather table talking about self-care. So I think you might be an expert in this <laughs> field. <laughs> so, yeah, let us hear what are the strategies that you suggest. Thanks. Uh,
1: thanks, Denise. Yeah, it was a real pleasure actually to be able to uh, facilitate Um, when you're a community manager and kind of when it's when you're dealing with challenges and more broadly you know when you're running an an online space um, we had quite a varied uh, table of people um, who were just chatting about their experiences of being a community manager and all the different pressures and we were broadly talking about things that we found helpful I think the first thing for any of us to to recognize is the fact that what w- might work for one person might not work for you. So that idea of finding the things that work for you, there's quite a lot of freedom, I think, when you're looking at how you can kind of manage your own uh, mental health and how you can manage your own well-being. Mm. I think seeing well-being as an ongoing process is really important. So actually it's not something that you just kind of have a go at for a week and then you put back down. It's actually an ongoing process. Um, whatever job you're in I think but especially in the sort of job when you're supporting people so yeah so I have a blog it's called good community it's mainly focused on um, community management for non-profits um, but there's a fair amount in there I think is broadly quite useful so I think it tends to come down to things around kind of boundaries so we talked a little bit earlier around kind of boundaries in terms of time in terms of you know what sort of support what sort of work you're doing how you deal with it kind of generally kind of how you're handling things and then there's a fair amount around kind of balance so just thinking about um what your like what your life is looking like in terms of how much time are you spending in work or doing things that are quite stressful and demanding and how much time are you doing uh, spending in terms of kind of things that more about you or your personal interests or things that keep you well things that keep you positive things that energize you so I think that balance for me is really important
0: yeah absolutely Jamie you've talked about thinking about your daughter or telling yourself oh you know when when you um, tend to slip into this negative talk you, you recognize that you're doing it and then you tell yourself it's going to be okay are there any other um, tactics that you have to that help you deal with stress or maybe even prevent you from being stressed?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think there's a broad one, which is, you know, keeping a sense of perspective. Um, I've been lucky to to move around quite or You can call it lucky or not. I mean, um, but I've moved around a lot, worked in lots of different places. I'm obviously a bit older than I used to be. Um, and I've you know, I see people go through stress at work and it and Serena mentioned it there's I think it's a feeling of of lack of control so that might be quite a broad feeling where you know you're part of a department or you're part of an organization where you think you just you don't you don't buy into it you don't feel it's going in the right direction or perhaps you don't have a great relationship with your manager and you feel excluded and I think when there's that feeling or general feeling of lack of control or lack of motivation um then stress kind of comes off the back of that. So I think think it's really important that people are able to keep a sense of overall perspective on their job, their tasks, their remit, and then work in general. And obviously work should be one portion of your overall life. We spend, obviously, most of our time at work. Um, that's the way it is in this country, certainly. Um, you know, you're spending an inordinate amount of time with your work colleagues and, and at your job, compared to perhaps the amount of time you spend at home or out, or with your family. So I think a sense of perspective, and that can be gained, I think, by having things that you do out of work. Um, they're really important. And some of this sounds quite basic, but you know, hobbies, goals and objectives that you've got away from work so that work isn't all-consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that we're all involved in CMX Connect, you know, and, and running events uh, in our locales. And that's really an important one because it gives you something else. It is related to your work and and, and it can certainly help, but it, it gives you something else to work on and plan for and, and do, which is away from work. So I think, that's like a big, broad one, um, mm-hmm. being able to have that perspective um, and have something else so that work isn't all consuming mm-hmm. and doesn't completely eat you up. Yeah, I think it's really good um, to get to have some exercise. So for me personally, if I'm not exercising, then I don't sleep as well. Um, it has quite a big knock on. and And as I think for exercise, that's personal. So it's not necessarily running a marathon. That can just be a walk, um, you know, as as basic as that. But something that that gets you up, gets you moving and gets you outside. And exercise for me is being outside. So it's not necessarily sitting uh, on a bike machine in a garage. For me, it is about being outside. And I think like spending some amount of time with no music, no screens, no headphones, where you are actually moving through the world outside, whether that's, you know, in the woods or in the city I think like just your senses kind of being open and and your thoughts able to kind of um, move through Mm -hmm. because basically you need some time I think to process so I get that from exercise my my new year's resolution was to look after my back and things much better Mm -hmm. so I'm I am very active but I never really stretch that well or I don't do it in a very concerted way so i've started a yoga class which um typical middle-aged fashion (laughs) but i've been a few times and i have to say like i'm already noticing a massive difference um and even just that amount of times there's a bit of meditation to it you know it's important that you clear your mind while you're doing it so um yeah i think those things are, are are certainly for me personally have a big effect on on how i cope
0: yeah Yeah, that's cool. That, that brings me to our last talking point. Um, what you can do to prevent yourself from being stressed because I do yoga and meditation. I do go outside when I notice that I can't focus because this stresses me out. Another thing I do is, uh, when there's like a big task, um, and I can't see the end of it and it's so much to do and I don't even know where to start. And then I feel paralyzed. Then I cut it down into smaller chunks and put it in the time frame. Like the um, objectives and key results method, I think works really well for community management tasks. So I'm doing that. And these are the, the three things that help help me when I am stressed and also help me uh, prevent me from being stressed. Like cutting down the big tasks and organize my my work. Doing meditation every morning. To, to calm down your mind and also do some exercise, go outside and change your focus from focusing on the screen in front of you or on your task to not focusing and just taking it all in. And that, in my experience, calms down your mind a lot. Serena, do you have anything, any more suggestions for um, stress prevention methods?
1: Yes, there are a couple of things that work really well for me. Um, I really loved hearing what you guys are doing. I think that whole area around your body and thinking about your physical space and your physical environment is really important. Um, I think for me, the three things that I find really helpful, the first thing is to talk about it, to talk about how I'm feeling or to talk about situations Mm -hmm. being difficult, challenging, getting some support whether that's from um, a coach, we have a, a clinical counsellor at work because of the nature of what I do. I, I have to kind of speak to a clinical counsellor about the issues that come up mm. in the work, uh, and that's really important just to talk. And it could just be a friend who's a great listener. Um, I think the second thing is to laugh. Um, for me, the nature of my work, it can be quite heavy, it can be quite difficult. Um, so I don't tend to want to get in and w- watch a documentary about you know some more... Um, I tend to kind of want to get in and watch something or do something that's positive. Mm. So um, I really love comedy, uh, particularly stand-up comedy. So I find um, laughing uh, really helpful. Um, and the third thing I think for me is eating better. So um, just cooking more, I think, cooking fresh food and enjoying fresh food. Uh, it, for me, I just find that really positive and, and something that's really enjoyable once you put the time into it I think that's that's been really enjoyable for me
0: oh love it thanks for all the tips I will do a quick summary of what we talked about um, which was what are the main reasons for stress for community professionals and um, there was for example the conflict of interests between managing the people in the community and managing the interests of the organization that you, that you're working for that puts a lot of pressure on you. Being isolated if you're not in a team, if you're the only community professional in, in your workplace. Also moderating conflict in your community and also the variety of tasks, tasks that you have to do. So time management. And um, work-life balance, not being able to unplug from your work yes. and still being online on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, after you've left the office. Yeah, that are the reasons for stress. And what are the consequences of being stressed? There are some economic consequences. If um, an employee is stressed out and not working their best, this this can have consequences. Like if you're saying something that, no you know, it's, it's written down in the forums, everyone can read it. That has real consequences. But also the physical and emotional consequences we were talking about, overeating, muscle tension, negativity, stuff like that. And if stress is going on for too long, you might get burned out and really have to take time of work and relax. And then we talked about what we can do about it and these were some really lovely pieces of advice and for our summary I'd like each of you to share your three pieces of advice what should you do when you're feeling stressed or to prevent being stressed.
1: For me yeah. um, broadly looking at all of the, the work that we all do I think we kind of areas you could you could kind of group things so one is about how you do your work for me it's about kind of the the frameworks and the systems and the processes you have that help you to do your work in a way where you're able to handle the challenges that are coming your way so trying to plan and um, and having a sense of knowing what you do if an issue happened mm-hmm. I think that can help limit the. um the second area I think for me is around reflection Um, kind of what sort of things you're doing to just reflect and to kind of think about yourself and how you're handling things and the third area for me is about recharging what you're doing to kind of recharge your energies um, outside of work and to make sure you keep that balance.
0: Great advice. Jamie what are your three pieces of advice?
2: So I, I would definitely say this one around perspective so having something Having multiple things, you know that that you're doing and that are important to you, so that your eggs aren't all in one proverbial basket. Um, so that if work is stressful for one reason or another, because it will happen, that you have other things to fall back on. So I think that's important. So a hobby, something else that you're you're aiming to improve or do. Uh, that's a big one for me. Um, the the exercise, the the outside engagement with the world. So getting up away from your desk and not being worried about doing that. Um, I think the UK culture, you know, can be um, that, you know, you you need to be seen, you need to be at work and you need to be sitting looking busy. I think that's changing a little bit. Um, and I think people recognise that actually getting up and going away, um, doing something else, going for a walk are all really important. So yes, getting away from the screen and, and spending time exercising is is a big one. And then I think... And I've done some mental health first aid training, and and one of the big things that, that they talk about when you're trying to support somebody is trying to gain a sense of what their network is and what relationships they have, because that's going to be really important for them um, in managing and and dealing with the the issues that they're facing. So, what is your network? You know what. What relationships do you have um, within your family? What are they like with your friends, um, with your colleagues, and thinking about those in a, in a kind of a structured way? Um, I mean, I, I think some people, you know, sort of err away from planning and, and feel like you sort of take the fun out of life. Whereas I think there's plenty of evidence to suggest that you need to be organised, and actually, your relationships is is one other thing that you need to be organised about, and they need they need to be maintained. So are you making time for your family? Are you making time for your friends that you don't see as often? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and including those in your, in your work life balance so that when you are stressed, there are people out there that will support you and, and will recognize that you're in that situation as well. So I actually experienced that just last night where a friend of mine got in touch and, and said, Oh, I, I realized that, that I hadn't spoken to you for a couple of weeks and that you were quite quiet. So they, they you know, they picked up on something. Um, and so, yeah, that only happened because we've, you know, he knows me and, and, and knows what normal is.
0: Um, yeah. So I, I don't think I can add anything to your pieces of advice. Um, the only thing I might add is um, know when to quit, because in the end, that thing that stresses you out as a community manager is your job. And it might not be the right job at the right company and then you shouldn't sacrifice your well-being for for a job and think about doing something else or doing nothing and just take a, really take time off uh, of course it's not possible for everyone um you need to have a support network that enables you to do that but you can work towards it if you don't have it save a little bit here and there you have some sort of perspective that it doesn't have to be like that forever okay So we are coming to the end of our talk, Community Manager Advancement Day. That's happening on January 27th. And in fact, there's a lot of things happening around the topic of self-care. What are you guys going to do? Do you have any recommended events or are you going to plug uh, off and not do anything on that day? Serena, what about you?
1: So we've got not one, um, but two events happening in London on Monday, the 27th of January. So at 1 p.m. we have an event um, with uh, NHS Good Thinking. Uh, that's a team within the National Health Service supported by the Mayor of London and supported by NHS England, I believe. Um, and that's a roundtable discussion around mental health, self-care and wellbeing. Um And there'll be group discussions and a number of talks. And I'm one of the speakers at that event. And that's in London at one o'clock. And then later on that day in London at 5.30, the CMX London event uh, is going to kick off. Uh, And that's me, Michelle Sims and Nancy Kinder. Um, And we are in partnership with NHS Good Thinking um, and we're running uh, a masterclass on self-care. So Good Thinking are going to give an overview on the impact around mental health, self-care and well-being for community managers. We're going to have group discussion and we're going to create a self-care master list wow. um, and have <laughs> a chance to kind of connect with each other, share our advice and kind of create your own kind of personalized toolkit. So it'll be a really good takeaway for everybody uh, who comes along.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. So uh, if any of the people listening are in London on that day, you should definitely check it out. Yeah, so Jamie, what are you doing on on January
2: twenty seventh? Yeah, we're we're having a a Connect CMX Connect event as well. Um, we'll be in Glasgow. Um, we're actually going to use our Tesco Bank offices in Glasgow and city centre, um, and also focused on on CMAD and on self care. Um, we will be looking at some of the great talks that happened at CMX Summit in the summer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it made it a point of mine. You know, I think we all we hear lots about strategy and community strategy and, and hints and tips on on how to improve engagement and all these sorts of things. When I was at Summit this year, I really did actually focus more on on sort of care um, and how to sort of get the most out of yourself. So I did go to all those talks and and found them really good. So what I'm going to try and do is is um, is maybe watch a few clips. We won't watch the entire talks but we'll we'll look at some of those clips from those um those talks and we'll have our our usual meet up and and discuss the topic um be great to hear what what comes out of the london event um yeah we'll we'll review some of the there's loads of great material out there already that people have created so really we're gonna we're gonna sift through some of those talk about our personal experiences um and likewise hopefully allow people to leave with um with some important tools and, and ways of thinking about looking after themselves.
0: Very cool. I'm actually going to unplug on that day and uh, spend it walking in the park and looking at the birds and thinking about you guys doing amazing events. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that would be nice too. I would, Of course, because of my anxiety levels, I would be, I'll would. i be wanting to do that as I get closer <laughs> to, to the 27th anyway.
0: I've sent you some good vibes. <laughs> good, thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for taking your time to speak about this important but neglected topic. And I will share the, the links to the websites that were mentioned uh, in, in the show notes. And I wish you all a very healthy year 2020 and a lot of success for your events on January 27th. Thanks, Denise. Appreciate
2: it. Yeah, thank you. All the best to you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode follow us on instagram at let's underscore talk underscore community to never miss a new episode and to join the discussion what are your experiences around stress and self-care we look forward to hearing from you